Hey, what's good, people? This is episode 106. That's Kristen Nuss. <laughs> That's Taryn Cloth. And the episode starts right now. Ah, the power of pre-recording. You guys just missed the whole intro. Wasn't plugged in. But it doesn't matter because I got to give the people, give the people what they want. I have Kristen Nuss and Taryn allow me to introduce myself. My name is Cloth. Hey, what's up, champs? Hello, that, that was awesome. That is quite the introduction. <laughs> <laughs> now, my challenge is to shut the F up and make you up and, and allow you guys to formulate whole sentences, if not whole thoughts, all right? Let's, um, you know how I usually like to go from present to past, but because we have kind of been in each other's faces for a lot of this journey, right? I was at Coconut Beach. Um, I was at Atlantic City. Not at Wapaka, thank God. I heard that was a hot mess. Um so you just finished your NCAA season. All right, I'm going to draw the picture for you. God made one thing perfect. That was your 35-0 and 0 record. All right? Um, USC, boom, bye. You know, UCLA, boom, bye. Florida State, we lost 4-1. to one. Who's the one? You know. So you had a lingering loss before, I think it was before college, against the Brazilians, against my, my uh, Larissa and... Um, I got tricked into calling her Talita, but that's a whole other story. Uh, Lillian, I got I got hoodwinked. I, I'll tell you off camera. Um, how important was you for for well? How important was it for you to get that that uh, that win back? For the people listening at home, it went to the third set. A set you guys were I think leading twelve nine, and from from there you kind of you guys went on this little bit of reign of terror. So walk me through Coconut Beach. And of course, the, the surprise, because a lot of people didn't know what, what happened at the end. Uh, but I want, I want to give you guys the floor. It's hot as, it's hot as volleyballs, right? You're out there. It's humid. You're, you're pouring through the competition. Um, you win your semifinals. You go to the finals. What happened? You got it. Okay. Um, so we were warming up for our semi game, and there was just a ton of commotion. We had no idea what was actually going on. And they were calling med over and we could obviously see that it was like, well, I couldn't, Kristen could, um, that it was like with the Brazilian team, but we were both just trying to stay super locked in, um, obviously concerned, but we were like, there's nothing we can do right now. So we have to make sure that we're staying focused on this next game. Like they're going to come out ready. We always know that it's going to be a battle when we're playing against them. Like they do not make mistakes. Um, so we were headed out to the court warmed up and I actually had to run back inside. And um, when I came back, Kristen was walking off the court and I was like, what are you doing? Um, I'm here to play. Let's go. And she's like, we won. That's it. <laughs> she was just like, we won. And I was blown away. I was like, I don't know what just happened. Um, and she's like, they had to forfeit and just kind of like told me that they cramped and we felt absolutely terrible, especially Kristen. Like she has gone through that and not been able to actually like finish a tournament because of that. Um, and so we went over and talked with them and obviously devastated that we couldn't actually compete in the finals. But 
um, being in New Orleans for our first tournament. That feels so long ago, but that was awesome. Doesn't it feel like a hundred years ago? Yes, I mean, I mean, the the whirlwind that that happened with AVP America going all the way into the tour, which, you know, we're going to talk about all all the way. Bear with me with uh, questions that might come as a repeated narrative, because I know you're kind of doing your rounds and you talk to other people, though we both agree there's no one like me. Um, (laughs) Did you feel cheated? That was your last loss. You, You won by forfeit. Did I want to play? Yes. yes. Um, did I feel like cheated? No, I honestly felt bad because nobody wants to go out on that note. Everybody, like all of us are fighters and we want to be out there competing. So if it is that bad that you have to forfeit and you're not able to finish the game, you know that it's it's not looking too good. So I think, yeah, it was more of just like concern for the health. Yeah, for me, me too, because like Larissa and Lillianne, and basically everyone Larissa plays with, they're not into the business of like forfeiting. I've seen them play games hurt. I've seen them play matches that have no meaning, like World Series of Beach Volleyball. I remember they were, um, them and the Germans were both 2-0, and right? And it didn't really matter. But because they knew the fans were coming to watch them play, they beat the living hell out of each other for three sets. And it ended like 17-15. I don't even remember who won. It doesn't even matter who won because those are my kind of players. They're like, wait, this person drove from Oklahoma to make made this a trip to watch me play. And there are certain players I'm not going to name on the men and women's side that, that were locked in and, and chose not to play. And I'm like, shame on y'all. Y'all should be a sh- you know, the cool thing about being 51 is you don't care, right? You know, you're right. You're, you're kind of a made man. Shame on them. Fire upon them. So um, let's go. Yeah, don't, I'm Shakespeare, right? You know my theater major. But so you did eventually play them at Wapaka, right? All right. Yeah, that was a fun match. That was so fun. Talk to me. Tell my our listeners about some of the conditions and the stuff that you had to deal with Wapaka. You don't you don't have to sound like you're crapping on them because Wapaka is a great tournament. It's a it's a fellowship thing. You got good music. It's nostalgic. But let's talk about the elephant in the room. Yeah, we uh we got there to go. What the tournament was on uh, Thursday Friday, right? Yep. Tournament was Thursday Friday, so we get there on Wednesday and we're mm-hmm. like, all right, let's just go see what the courts are like. Maybe we'll get a practice or something in. Um, and we go and we like roll up to the courts. And at this point, it was kind of like sprinkling. It wasn't like downpouring or anything. But we get to the courts and it is just like underwater. There's just what? like puddles yeah. everywhere on the sand and. There's a ton of people out there who were like taking shovels, like trying to like trench out the courts. And we went and you just like, if you walked on the sand, it was just like, sl- you would just like sink. Basically, it was just like slush. Um, and yeah, so we were like, okay, well, tomorrow should be pretty interesting because it's just, it was like very shallow, wet, puddly sand. It's exactly what it was. Um, <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, so we were just like, well, this is just going to be fun. And literally, I think that night I was like, Taryn, I don't think I'm going to, like, hit the sand tomorrow. Because I was like, I don't want to hurt myself, so I will probably not dive. And uh, I did not on the yeah, first day. Yeah, I don't day. know if you guys saw, it was the first day, and there was a cut shot that somebody hit. It was an unreal cut shot. And Kristen said she wasn't going to dive. I told her I was going to be mad if she actually dove because I didn't want her to get hurt. And she kicked a ball up 
it was a perfect set for me. And then I hit it over. It was just unreal. She hug a ball with her foot better than I dig a ball with my two arms. Dude, I understand. Taryn, I understand your concern. All right. Kristen's five, six. She falls in that puddle. She's gone. Yeah, I mean, she, maybe her hand comes out. She's like, Terry, come. Uh, 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 please help me. Oh, my God. Nah, listen, right? Come on. <laughs> we can't We can't be losing Kristen to no puddle, right? I mean, it's like, wow, how did Kristen go out in a blaze of Gloria in Chicago in the finals? How did she go out? You know, no, she she fell in quicksand in Wapaka. <laughs> So yeah, congratulations. That was a was that a bid for the NBO? Or no, was, was, was coconut? Um, that was the semifinal game against them, right? Yeah. yeah, I'm not sure if I don't know which tournament actually gave us a bid, or if they all did. We all three we don't of them know. did. They did. All New three? Orleans, yeah, all three of them did. Because the um, seaside one was Chicago, but the rest of them were all right. Uh, and our boy, hey, our, your counterpart, right, Evan Gorey, um, badass lefty. Louisiana. Big up, big up to that dude, man. He's like, all right, I'm not gonna qualify for Atlanta. Fine. Psh, flying to seaside. Boom. Shushing. <laughs> Chicago. The amount of teams that did that, like. They had wow. their flights, yeah, and then they just hopped on and they were ready to go. Well, it's a historic gangster move. Like I can go back to Mark Burek. And Hudson Bates, they didn't qualify for San Francisco, so they get on the plane and they go to the Pottstown Rumble that Friday night, and they ended up winning the whole thing. Um, which, by the way, is the single most grueling tournament in all of volleyball, and I strongly encourage neither one of you to do that. Taryn, it says it's grass, but really it's indoor. It's, I mean, the surface, it's, it's indoor, and it's, it's, it's slippery indoor, okay? It's indoor with a wet mop floor, all right? Um, and it's side out, and it's two days, and it's big court, and it's a nightmare. And anyone that finishes in the finals, win or lose, has my respect. Mark Fornicari came on. He made the finals. Um, and Andre Beloff won. His wife uh, played for the Serbian national team. She was his coach. So that was pretty cool. Let's make a, a, a huge frog leap to Atlantic City. Not Atlanta. Atlantic City. Fun tournament. Different sand. Uh, you guys are very used to the humidity. 100K purse, so you knew there'd be some star power that showed up, right? I bring your attention to Betsy Flint and Emily Day. Uh, the, of course, the Brazilians were back. Um, a much improved, my, probably my most my most improved player of the year, Delaney Muirwetter, right? Being a hybrid blocker in this and that. Yep. Walk me through what you th- believe was the most fun game you played in that tournament and in, in your opposition. I know it seems like 100 years ago, right? I mean, you guys are still probably landing from the NBO. Um, the most fun. I think the our second game against uh, Chrissy and Zana, it was just a freaking dog fight. And so I like I thought it was really fun, even though we did not win. Um, I thought it was super fun just because we had to fight like we knew we were going to have to fight for every single point. Um, so I thought that was really I, fun. I was going to say that one. And then I think the finals, the finals against awesome. Brooke and Delaney, um, both of those were for sure the two that kind of came to my mind. Yeah. And it was it was because they were just battles. And you just love getting after it. And just every point you're like, all right, I need to, I need to um, like play my best on this point because they're not going to give us anything. Um, and those are, those are always fun. There is no B game. 
That's going to be uh, um, Chrissy and, and Zana. They will take your lunch money if <laughs> if you are not playing your your A game against them. Yeah, I've yeah. seen it with my own eyes. I've I literally watched those girls from in 2019 from the qualifier as the 47th seat make it to the main draw and then make the semifinals in Hermosa Beach. As a 47th seed, which really means a 63rd seed if you add all the other teams, right? Um, good match. I was I watched as much as I could. As you guys know, I was on court uh, two. Uh, um, Cameron Irwin was on court one. And the cool thing is they're like, is it, is it okay if you were by yourself on court two? I'm like, <laughs> sure. What, right? What do you two think, right? <laughs> For what we know about Jason, sure. He's, he's, been, he's been on his own, his own island for quite some time. Um, Cool story about Shinderwood. Uh, that's where I was getting at. Um, Josh Glazebrook, you know, the media guy, Josh from the AVP, comes up to me 40 seconds before their match starts on court two. From now on, she's going to be known as Shinderwood. And I'm just like, <laughs> spell it, <laughs> you know? And they spell it for me. And it's, and I'm like, Shunderwood. So he sits next to me the whole match, right? And every time I say this name wrong, I'm, I'm, I bang my right leg and he's cracking. Josh is cracking up, you know? How, um, how much video do you watch on some of the girls that you played before? Do you watch like a whole set? Um, do you watch a whole match? Do you not want to watch too much because of something we have referred to as paralysis through analysis? Where you're just taking in too much and you can't do shit? Uh, um, did I say shit? Sorry. Um, yeah, take me take me through that. How much video do you guys watch on, on certain teams that you're, you know you're going to play? We don't really watch a ton, honestly. Um, if anything, if any of like the film that we do watch, it's kind of like more of looking at us. Um, but yeah, go at like for all of the AVPs really and the AVP next, we didn't really watch. We don't like specifically be like, oh, we want to go watch this film to watch that team. Um, it is just kind of like, oh, we'll go watch a game that we played just so we can watch what we're doing. Um, we definitely like in film, it is kind of like not tearing us apart, but like finding the little pieces that we know that we have to fix and just being able to see them. Um, and that's kind of how I work best is like being able to see what I'm doing wrong and then making the change. Okay. So a lot of it happens probably just before the technical timeout. <laughs> it's like, all right, this is what they're going to do. All right. We already know what we're going to do. Russell, we're good. Russell, we're good. <laughs> you know, we love you. Hey, that's look. I already asked you in the last episode what that man means to you. And we, we could certainly say, say all that again, but it goes without saying the guys, the guy's been more than just a coach, right? For sure. Yeah. All right. Don't you start. Don't you start crying. Um, <laughs> I feel like Tom Hanks in like a league of their own. There's no crying in baseball. Are you crying? She's like, Hup. um, so no, that's a, that's a legit question. And it's a, it's a, a real question because from the volleyball enthusiasts to, to just volleyball people who are interested in the sport, there's nothing more painful than watching two teams spending a whole set feeling each other out. 
You know, you're trying to generate fans for the sport and then they watch it. But then you, they know because they watch other sports. They know what going through the motions looks like and, and this and that. But you guys, a lot of times you guys hit people out of the block. That's why I was that's why the, the question came up. Like, do you do you already know what someone's first and second move is going to be? You know, um, I, I mean, that's I think that's probably more of a coach thing. Right. I bet you Russell lives in the video room like a hermit. No. No. Like, but you say he is or isn't? No, does live in the video room like a hermit. My guess is that's more of a coach thing than a player thing. Definitely a lot of video, like more than us probably, but not, yeah, not anything insane. Yeah, I I do. I, I was actually coaching Jeff Samuels and Kyle Ratty, and we already, like, for them it's just the first match, but for me there's a path. Like who's who's next if we win, and that's that's my job as a coach. So I'm always trying to look for some. We lost to David Lee and um, Sean Cook, which is mm-hmm. I think kind of a gnarly qualifier match, if you ask me, right? Who yeah. ended up losing to like Hagen Smith and Robbie Page? That's our those are three of the teams in our 18 bracket. Like all three of those teams worthy and deserving in this and that. So, um, all right, let's. You guys ended up beating Brooke Sweat and um, Delaney. And that went three sets. Yeah. Um, at that point, did oh, three did, did three sets feel like a normal day? Or was it three sets? Yeah, it was three sets. It actually, however, I just thought of when you, I kind of went back to the other question of a fun game. Was yeah. that first game on Sunday with the wind? <laughs> All that of a sudden, was ridiculous. That <laughs> was Sunday and we weren't on uh stadium or like the court too we were out a little closer to the water and the wind was insane it was like if you threw the ball up it would end up like five feet behind you it was wild but that was was, just it was to the point where you had to laugh like there was a ball that i went and approached it was it ended up like way behind me i didn't like try and scramble to hit it and i just whiffed like those are things you actually just have to laugh at yourself for because there is just no way that you're going to be able to control every single ball out in that wind. Um, <laughs> Look, yeah. It was funny. Sorry, I don't know why I just thought about that, but that, that was, was funny. It was well, it was funny. I don't know if I got to remind you guys in the middle of this podcast. This is a conversation. You guys are in interview mode. Chill. We're in. Con- we're just talking here, okay? We're just three people talking, and I'm glad you brought that up. All right? I shouldn't have to like that. Like you, I don't have the power of subpoena, right? You guys are here voluntarily. Let's let's yeah. let's let's just talk. Yeah, but Atlantic City was swirly wind, right? We walked the first day. It wasn't that bad, and then we literally we walked when we were walking to the courts. We literally walked outside of our hotel door, and I think I like turned to Terry and I was like, <laughs> well. This is going to be interesting because we literally walked out and it was just like wind, just like it was crazy. Yeah, the first day was hot. The second day was wind. Like every single one of these AVP nights, it was some sort of weather climate. Every single thing I think has been thrown at us this year in just like three to five events. We've kind of hit all of them. Yeah, that's beach volleyball for you. Yeah. Well, I was there for two of them, right? I mean... Coconut Beach got delayed, right, because of, of heavy rain. And then the second day is because of lightning, right? Yeah. I'm like, dude, don't stand next to Taryn, man. That's a tall conductor yeah. right there, man. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> people are like, hey, Taryn, how you doing? You're like, <laughs> <laughs> you might get struck standing next to me. I'm fine. I'm fine. Oh, yeah, we um, got stopped in the middle of a game even, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, schools in Harvard. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's ding went off. Um, someone's ting went off uh, their phone. 
Ting, not Ding. Um, yeah, but Chen Came Shock told me that it had, that last day did have a little bit of Cancun in it. Like Can, he said, Cancun wasn't like a directional thing, which is which is also brutal. Sometimes it whatever. He said it was swirly wind. So sometimes you look like, all right, it's blowing Ocean of Strand this way. And then all of a sudden, it was gnarly. We, the the guys who were commentating, we had to find a way to shield our microphones because our microphones are getting overload from, you know, wind. Professional microphones. crazy. Yeah, dude. So, all right, let's move on to Atlanta. Let's move on to Atlanta. You guys... In the qualifier, you qualified. You made the main draw. Uh, winners bracket all the way right to the semifinals. Mm-hmm. You um, we'll get to the finals in a minute. I want to talk about energy efficiency. How much did energy efficiency come into play, and how much did like AVP America just playing multiple matches, four or five matches a day or whatever, come into play that help you physically prepare for that? I think a ton. I mean, for all these AVP next tournaments, we were like, all right, we just got to play a game. Hour break, play another game. Um, so, I mean, you are you do just kind of get used to those consecutive games. Obviously, it's a little different on the AVP, I think, just because every single game is a battle because um, you're playing, obviously, against the best of the best. Um, but I think for Atlanta, there was, like, just so much, like, I don't know emotion but just also adrenaline that just for every game we were just like fired up um so i don't think we never really were our legs never really got a chance to be tired because our brains were just like let's go in every single game was there Uh, please taryn sorry Uh, i was just gonna go through like the qualifier um everybody's like always talking about the qualifier and like talking about the gold events and like i've never even been to one to watch. I've obviously like never played in one to that point. So like going through the qualifier, that was like, I was like, oh my gosh, if we lose, we're done. If we lose, we're done. We lose, we're done. Um, so it was just kind of like getting through that game by game. And then um, like when we were like looking at the bracket, there's obviously like so many more games, but like you said, we were used to like playing a ton of games every single weekend. Like I think in, um, Atlantic City after we lost we had like six games in one day or something stupid but um I mean you just like do it like your body you got to do what you got to do and if you have six games to win you're going to go and you're going to play six games and you're going to win and you're going to find a way so I think that actually really did help us like going through all those tournaments and knowing that we could handle it I think it's amazing that the last time I talked to you Taryn um you had an unassuming nature that worked to your advantage. In fact, not only worked to your advantage, which is just liberating, where a lot of a lot of players carry this backpack of what's to come or what they think is to come and this and that. And I'm absolutely, well, not absolutely amazed. I'll just say amazed that that um, you still carry that that unassuming nature like at the end of the day <laughs> no right at the Kristen am I right at the end of the day it's just a volleyball game um I don't know what a goals AVP tour is I don't know what a gold series how many games I have to play I don't know I don't know what the hell a sponsor is <laughs> you know <laughs> like, like right I mean when you think about it um it's worked to your advantage and you've You've managed to not um, ride the wave because ride the wave means you're doing kind of doing it with an intention. I don't think it's an intention. I just think uh, your, your your process is purely incidental, and if it ain't broke, don't fix it. 
I'll take yeah. it. Perfect. <laughs> nice. Sucks when I elaborate, man. I was like, I was hoping for uh, uh, something else. Kristen, um, I have a fan question because we're actually going to do some Facebook Live questions on my handle. I'm like for five or six minutes. I told everybody knows you guys are on, so people are going to have these questions. What kind of training do you do? Um, I guess I'll just ask you the way she asked you. What kind of training do you do for your jump, for, for, a, jump, for a jump improvement? So I have gotten this question a lot, especially over the past uh, couple of weeks. And honestly, I I don't know if there's like specific things I can say, because honestly, I've just listened to my strength coaches that I've had at LSU over the past five years. And then also now um, our coach, Drew Hamilton, is also kind of doing our stuff in the gym. And I just listen to everything he says. Um, so I don't even know a specific like, Hey, do this, this, and this, and it'll get your vertical up. Um, but I would definitely just say a lot of just explosive. Um, obviously, if you a ton of jumps would help. Um, but we're just constantly like, we did a bunch of like hurdle jumps, um, just jumping on the boxes, just yeah, a lot of just explosive stuff. And I would say look up some videos, maybe. I'm sure the internet will help. Um, but yeah, I've gotten that question a lot and I'm not sure how to fully answer it because I don't have like a set thing of like, she's just a freak. Is- she's a freak athlete. That is just, it's unbelievable how she does some of the things that she does. I don't get it. Yeah, but it, it really is. I give a lot of credit to my, the coaches and everything that have um, kind of allowed it to come out of me. You said Drew Hamilton? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool dude, man. I like anyone whose last name is Hamilton out of New, <laughs> New Orleans, right? Um, unless I'm, yeah. I'm thinking of the same person. That's not him, right? Drew Hamilton and J, J, um, J, JD. JD. Yeah, two different people. Yeah. Yeah, but same, same cool, same, same kind of cool dude, though, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, but I'm glad I asked because at the end of the day, a lot of the stuff you do look up does work. You know, like I was. I mean, we are, we talked on the last podcast. I was never a huge jumper. I was just a guy with a six eight wingspan. <laughs> you know, I'm a six one dude with a six eight wingspan. I could I could hug the both of y'all right where I'm sitting. <laughs> um, that was nice. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but you know, it's you are Kristen. You're something I refer to as a quick jumper. There are some people that take a long time to get in the air because they they have this approach, a certain runway, and a certain technique and how they do it. But I noticed. You actually kind of get when you have to, you get in the air fast. That's a if you're you're running a tempo set, maybe you just cut your you either cut your four step approach to like a three, just left, right, left, or your rhythm into your pass, you go straight to your approach. Um actually I think I'm just gonna ask that. Are you um a rhythm approacher or do are you someone that passes and then has to get to to the string, create the string to and then and then approach? Do you understand my question? She's like, no. <laughs> all right, I'll give you an example. Nick Lucena passes the ball that's short. He goes all the way to the back line to, to create what John Mayer says, create his string, his approach. And then there are some people when they pass, their movement to where they're going to uh, comes, comes organically. It's not a stop and go again. Um, yeah, I, would, I mean, I definitely, I do not go to the back line like Nick. <laughs> would not do that. It's crazy. Um, but I definitely, I'll like pass and get up to a, a spot to get stopped and then have like an explosive approach. Mm-hmm. Um, we like to call it the point of hesitation, get to your po. Yep. Um, so you definitely do want to get to your, 
stopping point to then be fully stopped to then have an explosive approach. But obviously sometimes like the pass may get out of the way or something. So you can't really have that moment to kind of like stop and pause. So you do just kind of have to let your approach just kind of go into it. Okay. That makes sense. In other words, I don't think about it. I just, I just go. All right. So let's go to the finals. Right, probably your first meeting against Sponsel and Clays. Maybe not yours, right? You probably played against Sponsel with Coppola. I no? did not play okay. against Sponsel. All right. Um, so first meeting, really, right, for both of you guys. They just came fresh off the Olympics, right? They, um, I didn't have a lot of high hopes for them, but when they went straight Jakari's mode, like on those two four-star tournaments and like one, uh, um, yeah, you know what I mean by Jakari's mode, right? Like... Game of Thrones, she she says Jakari's and the dragon just burns up the whole freaking village. Um, that's that's um. She's like, yep. Don't tell me you guys were watching that this morning. Don't don't start. No, um, no, no. Okay. <laughs> I fully watched all of Game of Thrones, so no. I did not fully get the reference. Unfortunately. Sorry. No white hair, the white hair girl, the the princess. She has three dragons. Walk me through. Mark Schurman is doing the introductions. Right, you guys are taking the stage, the whistle's blown. Before the match starts, take me through your thought process. You Nobody wants to touch that first. Look at you. Look at you, cowards. Look at you, cowards. Who's gonna go first? I will. Um I think I was mentally just trying to take every single game one at a time. And I know that's like an easy thing to like say to do. But I really feel like the, at that tournament, I was not looking past a single game. And so when we finally got to the finals, I was like, oh, well, we're here. Let's just do that again. Um, so I think I really do think that it was just like mentally I was locked in and I just knew that we would have to play a good game of volleyball and just expect that they are also going to play well. And just like, how are you going to counter that? Um and not freaking out. Like if you get down a couple points, um, not freaking out and just knowing that you can like earn a point back here and there, but you just had to keep siding out. So that was my entire mentality. And then I like blacked out when I got in the game. <laughs> so, like what my training and everything just kind of like took over, I guess, because I can remember like two points of that game. And it just, I don't, I don't know. That's how my body kind of does games. So. Yeah. I think it was I feel like it was so weird because like for Atlanta, I feel like we were just like so focused like every game at a time and it never was like kind of what she said. It wasn't yeah. like it was like, oh, my gosh, we're we're in the finals. Like <laughs> yeah. It was just kind of wild. Whereas like for Manhattan, it felt like there was just so much more pressure on each game, I guess. Um, the stage felt bigger. Yeah, I agree um, completely. But Atlanta, like it was like after we won, we were like. What just happened? Like, did we, we just won. I didn't even know we got a trophy. <laughs> I was like, what? It was just so, so weird. And the it was definitely a different feel towards um, Atlanta <laughs> and Manhattan. Obviously, Manhattan is just the one that everyone talks about. Um, but, yeah, Atlanta was just kind of calm. Like, obviously, it was the first one. So, we were, like, just the rookies. But Yeah, I think there was just, like, absolutely no expectations. Um, and then... I don't know. Like I went into the tournament. It's hard to explain. Like I went in and I was like, well, yeah, I obviously want to win, but I also have to like understand where I am in comparison to these other people that we're going to be competing against. But, like I want to freaking win. 
So um, it was just kind of like, I don't know, go put everything out there that you have on the table. And then um, Manhattan was definitely like way more anxiety. I mean, we had like the gold medalist there and it is just a huge tournament and playing out on the beach. Um, So, yeah, it was a different feel for me, too. I think for Manhattan, there were a lot of things that happened in the beginning of the first set. Like, you had a cut. You saw the switch. Cut was wide open. Cut went into the net, right? You had a, a switch, like a like a line over. You've seen that a hundred times. You you saw this. She stayed home on that to try to take both. But you're, you, knew, you knew your shot had enough where she was going to give up both. And that one went wide. So there are just a couple of plays where you, it was just into the net, just enough to stay on your side, just outside, you know, no, no line jumped. And there were a couple of, there were a couple of plays in the beginning of that first set that kind of dictated like, all right, geez, those are, those are things, those are the things that were supposed to happen that were supposed to be good, <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, when the hell's it the bag going to come? You know? Manhattan, we played with like so many more nerves, whereas mm-hmm. in Atlanta, we didn't like, we just kind of like yeah. went out and played crazy. I think... The reason why you did well in Atlanta was because you were just playing and you weren't trying to play. There is a whole validation thing and and thank God thank God you guys do a really good job ignoring trolls, okay? You guys you guys you guys are the same people I met last time I talked to you, the first time I heard of you, the first time I met you and I'm so glad that success because I was talking to Sarah Stratton about this the last podcast, success and like money, it doesn't change you. It shows who you really are. <laughs> That's my opinion. It don't, it does, and so, so you, same people before Coconut Beach, same people after Coconut Beach, or same people after Manhattan Beach and the NBL. Um, that's just my, my kudos moment to y'all. Um, I think I said this on the last podcast, but this bears repeating. Um, there was an actress, um, and I think I told you guys this story before. She gets on the stage and there's a certain way she asked for the sugar with like her tea. Uh, she had 100 performances, right? In the first five performances, everyone was laughing. And then she tried to play that because everyone laughed. So for the next 90 performances, no one laughed. And then the last five performances, everyone started laughing again. And they asked her, what happened? What did you do? And she said, I asked for the sugar and not the laugh. Very, very much applies to your, your 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 mental approach and your mindset. You're not asking for the win. You're asking for the play. You're one play at a time, one team at a time. And that, it takes a lot of discipline as the stage continues to get bigger and bigger. And, 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 and I, God, I know I'm talking more than you guys are, but this is super necessary. No, but we always talk uh, about, like, that's a really good point because we mm-hmm. always talk about how much we just absolutely love the competition. Like, when there are amazing teams there, we want to go and play them because we know that it's going to be a dogfight. And I think that's like the kind of thing that we live for. And then I do agree, like for something, for some reason in like Manhattan, I was like, oh my gosh, they're so good. And like, obviously all of these teams are so good. So I don't know why it just like, kind of like hit me like a brick wall that I forgot how to play volleyball for a set. You know, it's just... It's something that you have to like work through, but now I feel like it's back to like, we just want to go compete. Like that is what we love to do. And it's fun. You just have to avoid the quicksand. Yeah. You just have to avoid the quicksand. I mean, it's like, a <laughs> almost sounds like a Wapaka joke, right? From what we were talking about before. Kristen, don't, yeah. don't leave me. Um, save yourself. Um, so yeah. Quicksand, like Keanu Reeves in the movie replacements, like you, um, you're playing, you're in the game, 
and then everything's going well, then something bad happens, and then another thing, and then another thing, and then another thing. And the more you fight, the deeper you sink until you find out you're in over over your head. That's quicksand. And that's what us, uh, uh, I'm not playing anymore, but uh, you elite athletes, which you guys... um, sidestep those landmines that have quicksand it blows up you sink you're trying to fight i'm just going to fight it out and but you're sinking deeper um great job in atlanta but i knew you guys did a great job of repairing that in the second set because like i said the first set against the the olympic gold medalist there were plays that you normally make like that ball that ball if it goes over it's in what ross isn't within 10 feet of it Okay, that 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 wrist away on the right side, that ball that goes wide, that these things, if they go in, it's still it's still a game and it's a situation, and and there's and maybe that tension isn't as high, it's just those things that thing where one thing goes wrong, one thing goes wrong, and then you try to fight it out, and but you maybe you find yourself sinking deeper. Yep. Yeah. Um, uh, yes, <laughs> yeah. I only saw, for Atlanta, I want to go back to Atlanta, I only saw the first set, uh, the, uh, sorry, the last set. I looked at the scores of the first one, and that was like 21-10. I was like, okay, that's that seemed like a normal day for y'all. And then, of course, you know, the um, team, team Slays fought back. Um, this is set three, where they're, without giving away too much of your strategy, because you're eventually going to have, in order to win, you're going to have to beat one of these teams with both of them. You know to win Chicago. The road, the road to winning Chicago is you have to beat one of those two or both. You know, mm-hmm. sprinkle a little Betsy Flint and Emily Day in the middle, and you know, and you get yourself the recipe to to go eat. But um, what kind of adjustments did you make in that game three that 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 has given you success? Yeah, I mean. I know you're, you're treading carefully because, like I said, it might, it might be a future a game plan for the future that you don't want them to know. I don't know if it was anything. It was kind of just like we go into this set and we play our game. We're going to have a good shot of winning. And we also knew it was hot. And we were like, we train in this kind of heat, mm-hmm. not even this kind of heat. We train in worse heat, worse conditions. It is significantly more humid in Louisiana than it was in Atlanta. So we were like, we know they're probably feeling it, but this we're we're so ready for this. Like, bring on some more heat. Um, and I think with that kind of mindset, we were just like, let's go, let's go take this set. Like, let's go do it. Um, so I don't know if there was any like specific strategy. It was more of like let's go play our game and let's go kind of just handle these conditions like we know how to. All right. So in other words, embrace what you've already, what already comes naturally to you, right? And um, I hate saying this. I'm a coach that hates saying take care of your side of the net, but that's, all, that's a real thing too, especially if you believe you're the better team. Like to me, taking care of your side of the net is like, helps you beat the teams you're better than but lose to the teams that are better than you but but with that being said if you believe the better t- you're the better team take care of your side of <laughs> i get it okay got it um do you guys get to watch any Olymp- any of the olympics like all of it yeah, <laughs> yeah we watch all. dude i'm actually gonna show you i think i showed you my office before but i want to show you what how i watch my olympics check this out 
That's for the beach. That's for the indoor. <laughs> that's for anything else in between. Wow. That's my recording de device in case I want to actually export a video for my own personal viewership. So, um, that's a nice setup you got there. Dude, let's just switch that and switch. Um, I know. Too bad I don't know how to tech it, right? <laughs> you know, I've been teching. Look, right? Don't we as volleyball players have to become professionals at whatever we don't want to pay people to do, right? It's like, she is so good. She's the tech person. If I see like a remote with a TV, I'm like, here you go. <laughs> if I don't know like, how to run it, <laughs> I'm. She's just, like, oh, fine. I'll, I'm the one who has to do this all the time. That's my role. Got it. Hey, Taryn, you're you're a four-year starter at um, Creighton. Got your team to the Elite Eight, you know, help your team. So I know you were following indoor women's volleyball. How fun was that? How fun was it? And again, I talked to Sarah Stratton because she knows Karch Karai personally, and she played indoor before she played in Sydney. And um, how cool was it to for this women's program to finally win a gold? I think it was a long time coming. And I mean, just looking at the team, and the people that were on the team and the leadership that they had, like you knew it was coming. There was just no way that they were going to leave without getting a gold medal. And I think that was the coolest part. And Karch was just 110% all in. He was going to make it happen. He was going to get the pieces that he needed to. Um, and obviously they put it together beautifully. But um, I think the best part was that they like had a couple like rocky things, a couple injuries. Like, obviously, you can never prepare for that, but how they reacted to it and the people that came in and played for the people that were unable to, like, yes, that is crazy. And, like, that is what you train for. And it's so cool because you could just check out completely if you know that you're probably not going to get to play or if you're going to play one game because you're winning so much. Like, it is so easy to check out, but I think everybody was 100 percent locked in and they were just ready to go they were ready to win yeah they were on how a mission about, how about hancock how about our little lefty from penn state hitting on two creating back ones off that outside blocker trying to pick up her her option that girl i was like why isn't she starting <laughs> i'll tell you why because they lined up a whole bunch of girls against the wall and being like you're too short right um this is kristen's like yeah i know I just can't get over it. Like every single piece was just amazing. Jordan Larson, my all-time favorite forever and ever and ever. Like she's my idol. She's a rough rider. Nobody can stop her. She's just, and the, my favorite part is that she treats everybody so well. And she just has so much respect for every single player and the game that she is just the best leader that I've probably ever been around. Um, and she just kind of like has a presence that everybody is going to listen to because you know that she is going to be there every single day and she's going to be putting in all the effort and work that needs to be done. And she's going to set a great example. Let me tell you something. I loved watching that woman play and I love that she stuck around for another Olympics. Very much like Lloyd Ball who played like four Olympics. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know if I want to come back for when he comes back 2008, they win the gold. All right. Now, the men's different because the men already have three goals, right? They won 1984, they won 1988, and they, they won 2008. Mm -hmm. The women are different because there was the last four Olympics, it wouldn't have been a surprise for them to win the gold. But last one was a bronze, the one before that was a silver, and the one before that was a silver. Yeah. And for me, and this from one indoor 
longtime indoor player. I'm not even in, I'm not even into that gangster sh- gangster shit anymore for indoor. I'm I'm a beach guy now. But from one indoor player to another, I was so happy and elated that the I felt like these girls won it for the other girls that didn't. Don't you don't you feel like Yeah. You know I mean you don't probably don't remember those past <laughs> rosters, right? Yeah. What? No, I said you probably don't remember those past rosters. You're way too young unless unless you do your history, right? 84 uh, silver yeah. medal, 92 bronze, and then 2008, 2012, 2016 silver, silver, bronze. Mm-hmm. So they, I felt like they did it for them. You know? And Karch, did you see his, his post game? He was so cute. Are we going to cry right now? I just told Kristen don't cry a half hour. We could, we could cry now. With okay. Haley? Yeah, huh? With Haley, yes. Washington? Yes. Oh. Even at the closing ceremony, Haley was still going. She was still balling. <laughs> I think you have every single right. Can you imagine? Like nobody actually realizes how much work, how many hours that you put into going to win a gold medal. And that is the biggest deal. And that is what you want so badly. And then to finally achieve it. Oh, I would be crying for days. <laughs> Do we all three of us agree that the Olympics for indoor volleyball is the biggest stage in the world? Just can, for indoor? Yeah, wait, what? Well, why, I, I'll tell you what, for indoor and for beach. All right, the beach, you got the yeah. MV, AVP, you got the NBO, this and that. Do we all agree that the Olympics is the biggest stage for indoor and outdoor volleyball? Yeah, I yeah, agree. I think it is. And I think it's crazy how many people absolutely love watching it when it's on the Olympics. And then you're like, what are you doing? You have all of these collegiate teams that are playing all the time. Like, mm-hmm. why are you not going to go watch them? I don't know. Yeah, it's that, like I think you indoor. Could, you could dance volleyball. with me at Webster Hall, but you can't sing karaoke with me <laughs> the, a week after. What's going on? Yeah, no, but you, I. That's what Kristen. That's why I wanted to uh, get with Taryn on the indoor scene because I knew as a former player, um, she um, and probably maybe cross paths with even some of those girls uh, um, that that had to hit that stage and and do the D. But Karch the whole time was like, "You did it. You did it. Not we did it." You know what I'm saying? He was all about team. And and it was a big, nice little F.U. from him, a silent F.U. for all of his critics, for the people that, you know, oh, this guy's supposed to be great in this and that. And Karch, Karch never laid any claims to being a great coach. In fact, he says the opposite. He's like, I don't pretend to have all the answers. I'm just out here trying to do the best I can. He has a He's vision. Learning. I yeah. think that's cool. Yeah, he, he had a vision that he that he saw that he thought could work. And, and the girls had his back. The girls had his back and they won. All right, now over to you, Kristen. Um, Nuss. Let's talk about Women's Beach Olympics. Was there... um, Now, we already know, congratulations, A-team. They went straight Jakari's mode and they they beat a team. We both agree the Aussies were not exactly the best stylistic matchup for them, though they, they made it look easy. I mean, after the fact, we could always Monday morning quarterback. But do you agree that that finals, there were concerns in that finals because of how the, the Aussies played them the last two out of three times. That they were concerned that the no, we as 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 USA guy, uh, guys and gals, a people. I sound like Todd Rogers, gals. Um, <laughs> he was on the podcast. Gals has said a lot. Um, were there concerns like I hope they can pass this team, or 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 did you see them playing uh, the right volleyball, the best volleyball at the right time, where you're like they got the gold. I definitely thought they were playing well, but I did think that finals game was going to be more of a match than what it was. I mean, yeah. they just went out and 
um, asserted their dominance. Um, and I for sure, I thought the Aussies were going to give them a little more of a challenge than they did. But I mean, all credit to the A-team. They just went out and performed and just could not be more happy for them, for the for the U.S. Just they they performed well. Yeah, man. And it's a great semifinals for everybody. I mean, you had um, Tina Gudina, right? Plays for USC. Um, actually, her uh, I think I mentioned before, her godfather is my volleyball mentor. He, um, oh, wow. taught, he, he taught me how to coach indoor volleyball um, uh, from the neck up. Like I already knew. I mean, what, I'm 51 years old. I know X's and O's. It was about conquering demons from the neck up because I couldn't figure out why I couldn't coach women's volleyball worse shit, but I could win with men. I'm like, <laughs> they're listening to everything I say and they still suck. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, he, former player at UCLA, right? Um, and he didn't get to play because he was a setter and I think Karch and Sinjin were running a 6-2. So no playing time for him. But her, <laughs> but her, her godfather who lives in Latvia, was my mentor and and actually she came on the show too that's actually a good episode which by the way since the olympics uh like i don't promote on youtube but i have it up on youtube all of a sudden i got like a 1300 views in like two days and then people talking up and then i'm getting trolled too what a tool why don't I let this girl talk just like you guys right now i'm letting i'm not letting y'all talk what a tool you know and i'm like you guys the thing I, I wanted to have a conversation about not feeding the troll, but we're going to skip that because you guys are good at that. You guys, you know, if you guys become relevant to a point where, where you are being trolled or whatever on Volley Talk or this or that, it's a good thing, you know, but I mean, what kind of an idiot would have something bad to say about the two of you is, be, is beyond beyond reproach or belief, on my opinion. So on the Chicago. Right. No, 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 no. Let's go to back to Manhattan Beach. Let's go to back to Manhattan Beach. Let's go back to Atlanta. Kristen, a little John Mayer LMU game I like to play. What's one thing you thought she did well in the NBO? Because the NBO is the most recent memory. And like you said, because all these tournaments are a blur, it's unfair to ask you to go back to Atlantic City and Atlanta. I'm not going to do that. Kristen Nuss, what's one thing you thought your partner, uh, Taryn, allow me to introduce myself. My name is Cloth. Um, one thing you thought she did well that helped you win a lot of games and put you in that position in a win, uh, the, in a winner's bracket. She, for Manhattan Beach, started out well. She got a lot more serves than she normally does, and just kind of was like, "All right, keep serving me. I'm gonna put the ball away," um, because I do normally get a ton of the serves, rightfully so. But teams kind of were like, "Oh, we're gonna switch it up," and honestly, I don't think. I wasn't expecting it to happen, so I don't think she was expecting it to happen. That's a lie. Every single game, I'm like, they're for sure gonna serve me. They're gonna, they're gonna serve me every single ball. But she handled her business. She got the job done. I agree. I thought your energy efficiency was good. I thought you were operating kind of like an 85 percent. Because they say Karch never jumped 40 inches in the tournament. He jumped 38. So this way you have the same jump every single play, right? If you max jump every time, it's going to be like 100%, 60. How did that happen? I got to go back to 100, 100%, 100%, 60. So you, I think, allowed your technique to get stronger as the tournament went along. And without, without even noticing um, what seemed like cruise control to the people watching. My, I, it might have been as an exertion or cruise control to you, but that's what it looked like from, um, from my, my perspective. An, you know, an experienced player and coach. Um, Taryn, what's one thing you want to do better 
you want to show a little bit of improvement on going into Chicago? For sure, blocking. I um, I feel like I've learned so much in these past two tournaments, which sounds really stupid, but like I really have. Like going in just the last two weeks, like every single piece of knowledge that like Kristen or Drew kind of tells me, I put it in the back of my mind and I'm like constantly thinking about it. Um, so blocking was a huge one for me. Like I want to be there. I want to be a big force to help Kristen as much as possible because we all know that Kristen covers the entire court. Like she's just always there. So I want to do my part and try and take away a little bit more. Come see me. That's a, that's my specialty. <laughs> my first coaching job, 1998, I was a blocking coach. And I, I, I always bring that to the table. And I think for you as an indoor player, it's one of the easiest things to, to transition. You know, you don't have to worry about lanes. I think we talked about this the last podcast. You don't really have to worry about the outside blocker filling a hole or blocking lanes or protecting your, your, one, your one through nine. I don't know if you did blocking zones at Creighton. Your one through nine. Um Basically, a 31 is blocking zone three, a quick set, right? So, okay, or as, okay. a, as a B. So, the reason why they call that 31 because it's blocking zone three. So, blocking zone one through nine across the board. That's how we did an international ball. Um, Taryn, I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna give you your whole name because <laughs> that takes too long. Um, what's one thing you thought your homie did? What's one thing you thought that Kristen Nuss did well in, the, in that tournament? Yeah. Do I only get one? Yes. Okay. She's shaking her head like, there wasn't just one. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I would say um, the best thing that Kristen does is she's able to make so many different adjustments on the fly. And so she's able to kind of understand what's going on, read the situation so well, and then make adjustments from there. Um, and I think that's going to be so important for us, even like going forward to like have her right next to me because she does just see this game so well. And she just is very, um, she's very good at like explaining what I should be doing. <laughs> it just, it really does help both of us. So I say, I would say your IQ, like that is just, it's unreal and reading the game because you can say great job digging balls, but we all know Kristen digs a bazillion balls. We all know that Kristen is great in transition. Like we all know she can side out. Like I can say all these things, but I think that is something that does put her at the top is just the way that she can see and mm -hmm. um, change. And Kristen will probably be the first one to tell you that like the fundamental things that you're taught, like from juniors all the way to college or whatever, like reverting back to those things really, really helps you, right? Facing the hitter this way, you kind of like, I call it the New York machine gun. So like your first step is not like if you're facing the hitter, your first, if it's line over deep, your first step goes deep. If it's a shorty, like a drop over, your first step goes short. And all of that starts with facing the hitter. Um, she, her one move to the ball is uncanny. She's she's she um there's a lot of people I, I had um as you remember I had Sharif on the podcast and we talked about how I met uh, on the podcast we talked about how Ahmed uh significantly improved because he had great athleticism he could use a second move or eight, sometimes even three and still dig, dig the ball but as they started as their level of competition started taking a spike up where they had to play Trevor and try more the um sorry bad example Mull and Sorum more uh the Italians the Russians they. He knew two moves wasn't going to do it. He knew he had to stay more balanced and not too dug in. And 
I'm not saying that she's, I can credit her already lower center of gravity that already allows her to be down and move and this and that. But I I think your your one move to the ball is, as from the outside in is uncanny, but for you it's just like normal. That's what you were taught. So yeah, definitely give credit to Drew again. We yeah. work a lot on that mm-hmm. first step and just being patient and just exploding. So what's, uh, Kristen, what's one thing you want to do uh, cause there's no major tweaks going from one tournament to the other. It's already too late for that. I mean, you ain't gonna do nothing. It's gonna gonna shock, change or shock the world. What's one thing you want to do a little bit better coming coming off the NBO coming into Chicago? Um, this may sound <laughs> weird, but dig more balls, especially hard driven balls. Mm-hmm. I did not uh do a great job of digging the hard driven balls, so that is kind of what we worked on a little in practice even today and yesterday um so definitely want to uh do a better job of that nah good that's good to know i i remember you were kind of hitting that in the beginning of the podcast too you're like i I gotta start digging some of these balls (laughs) like some of these hard driven you notice taylor actually like the way his balance is set up he's balanced to actually run down to whatever but his his twitch is uber late on some of these hard driven because there's some of these balls like the balls he digs, he's just he's his first positioning, his original positioning on on where is is already is always good to make up for that kind of lazy dip, that like last minute dip that he does. Um because sometimes he dips late and the balls are <laughs> whoosh already goes by him. You know, and mind you, I'm sitting here critiquing one of the better defenders in the world. I, I actually consider Taylor top top. 10 like maybe nine or eight numb but with respect to our american counterpart there's just yeah with mullins with with um christian sorum right with lupo guto with ahmed the best defender no one's talking about ahmed is the best defender no one talks about every time that guy gets a dig and this is very much like Kristen. every time this guy gets a dig we're at the edge of our seat because we know we know a kill uh, uh, an actual kill is coming you know um so I wanted to show Taryn a cute little video because I know you, you guys got practice in a few minutes. And thank you again. Thank you for taking this time out of your, your busy schedule. And and, and we, we right. We know I'm busy, too. I just I actually literally just got off a podcast. So this is a share for Kristen. I told um I was actually doing a Facebook live thing. I'm not Kristen, uh, Taryn. And I told her um like Ahmed, uh, not Ahmed, um, Sharif was like, is that Taryn or something like that? Like typed in, is that Taryn? Like, and he put like the fire sign. So I actually walked over. You sitting next to um, Stokeless, right? Yeah. So this is her normal reaction and then her reaction taking in what I just said. Here it is. <laughs> Ready? Sorry. So let's go back. So this is silent. This is basically, oh right? God. So this is like Sharif says hi. And then... oh my gosh (laughs) oh yeah i got a little excited i thought it was cool (laughs) oh my god you guys are awesome i you know my artist is gonna give it to me because i wound up talking more than you guys but i think I always think if I tell a story, it remembers you. It, it might make you remember a story like voluntarily, and and you guys just come chat it up or whatever. But next time we see each other, let's get some, let's get some food and let's just talk off the record. I think I think we'll have a fun conversation. Um, whenever you guys come back to Cali, I'm, I might do Clearwater in Halloween. 
Oh, I, yeah. might, I might do that because they're calling me talking about because I, I the gift of gab thing, whatever that, you know, supposed to mean. Um, before we go, ladies, people want to know more about t- uh, Nuss and Cloth. Let's just hook them up with your Facebook site, hook, hook them up with your Instagram handle or website. If I'm a fan, right? I'm a fan. I want to, Jason, I want to know more about these two girls. You got to ask him, where can I find them? Where can I find some videos? Huh? Where can I find where they eat? These girls are some eating ass athletes, man. Have you seen the size of their plates? <laughs> you guys must have removed it. Those must be 24 hour things. Cause I was looking for a, uh, on your social network for like food, like some of the stuff you guys eat. You guys eat like athletes, man. I'm just like, that's my girl. <laughs> so let's 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 plug it in let's plug some stuff in uh people want to know more about you where do they go you got it oh go away taryn um so we do have a website it's tknvball.com if you guys want to check out our schedule um we do post blogs about each tournament and just kind of coming from us being super real and like what has been going on the past couple days um and then we have a shared social media which is uh tcan tandem on instagram and then kristen on instagram is just the kristen us it's actually just kristen us actually um, kristen underscore us chris oh okay sorry you should know these things about me i don't <laughs> um and then mine is tclo 10 so if you want to follow along we post um some nice food chronicles and we do enjoy traveling and yeah also our uh we have a joint Facebook page. Oh, it's yeah. TKN Facebook page. And that's where we do a lot of streaming. updates and streaming. Fantastic. The- Fantastic <laughs> job. Sorry to interrupt. Fantastic job um, live streaming the qualifiers, like almost every single match. Fantastic job of live streaming all the main draw matches that were not covered by Peacock. Just just mag- magnificent job by the two of you and the, and the support group, of course. I met your grandparents. Our, our yeah. families would be on us. Yeah. <laughs> I met your grandparents, too. I met your grandparents at uh, the MBO at Manhattan Beach. Um, I was there all weekend. As you know, I was coaching the qualifier. I was coaching one team in the draw. And my friends chipped in for my birthday and got me like um, courtside seats for Saturday. And then and then Sunday, I rode my bike down just to shake Jeff Conover's hand um, and Marty. Like all these guys behind the scenes that don't get a, lot, a whole lot of credit, but but certainly get the blame when things goes wrong. Yeah. So I, th- I thought it'd just be a nice classy gesture. I lived nearby anyway. Just a nice gesture on my part. Hey, I want to shake your hand. Great job today, guys. So... Um, and great job by you guys uh, existing through through me blabbing through this whole podcast. But I really, really appreciate you guys coming on. All right. So everybody out there, nothing close might like you, but I can't stand you. In fact, I'm out of here. Check out this shirt quick. Yes, please. Tell me. It says Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Yes. That's the people where nobody lives. <laughs> if she ran for mayor, she'd win because there's nobody there. <laughs> the newspaper, Cloth like wins it. unopposed. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, I'm playing All right, with you. Now you can let us go. I'm just jealous. I'm just jealous because Sioux Falls sounds like a cool place to live, right? Better than Brooklyn, New York. Come on. Sioux Falls rocks. So, So for everybody at home, these two might love you, but I can't stand you. So we're out of here, all right? So for all of you at home, for all of you on your iPad, for all of you on your desktop, for all of you on your whatever computer, whatever droid, for Kristen Nuss and for Taryn, allow me to introduce myself. My name is Cloth. I'm Jason DeBeas. This is episode 105 or 106. Who cares? I'm going to run my music. Stay with me for one minute. We're out.
Come check out the Option Podcast on OptionDB.com. It's also available on iTunes and Spotify and on YouTube under the NY Varsity Sports Angel. You're going to love what you hear.